0: constant monologue in this episode we're going to be discussing the Babylon five season three episode shadow dancing which is the penultimate episode of the season so we have several things going on in this episode um what i find the most interesting is uh steven uh, steven franklin's uh, you know uh personal st- uh, story and journey uh the conclusion of his walkabout but then we also have a big bombastic uh you know real con- uh, conflict in the shadow war has now had one of its first major battles and all the ramifications that come from that so let's get into the shadow stuff first because i have the least to say about it um so uh what what i love about a leading up to the major battle is that it's all about trust we have seen repeatedly throughout the past couple of seasons, especially this season, that Sheridan has been attempting to get the especially the League of Non-Oline Worlds, but only including the major races as well, to work together codependently so that they can rely on each other, uh, and work together for the greater good, that is, fighting the shadows. However, there they're still people, and people have agendas, people have own opinions. Um, you know, you have a group of people and you ask them a question. What is two plus two, you're going to get at least five to six different answers, depending on the amount of people, you know, usually one opinion per person, maybe two, um, maybe a couple agree, but there's always different opinions and within that comes inherent trust. Um, they each have their own opinions, their own agendas, but they have to trust each other. And that is something that is uh, reverberated throughout this episode, is that while, the, while it took a great deal out of them to give the ships to the Army of Light to do this battle, uh, to stop the Shadow's advance, it is... It's it's a major cost and so, something that a lot of them weren't willing to give up initially, and even though they eventually are willing to give it up, it comes with the cost of you better be right about this, otherwise we're all fucked. And so the this is inherently about trust, and proving the army of light can actually fight against the Forlons. They do have a, you know a new fleet of white stars. They have the, the telepath weakness thing. They have a fighting chance, but that doesn't mean they're going to win. And imagine, just think about this for a second. Imagine knowing, okay, just, just picture yourself in the moment because we often, something I've observed, uh, with the way people look at fiction is they'll go, Oh, I would never do that. That doesn't make sense. But you're observing it through the lens of the fact that you're sitting in the comfort of presumably your own home, sitting in your chair, watching TV, reading a book, playing a game. You have all the creature comforts and all the normality that comes from your everyday life. You're not in a stressful situation. Your mind isn't racing. You aren't afraid of your own death. Okay? Now try and put yourself in that situation. That's what I always say when people are like, well, that's not a logical thing for a character to do. And People don't act logically in these kind of situations. That's not how humans work. Humans are the illogical creatures. Not only from like, a mental standpoint, but also just, if you put a human in a stressful situation, they're gonna make some really asinine and dumb decisions, and you're gonna go, what? But we but that's because you're talking from the perspective of not being in that situation. So imagine you were sitting, you know, getting ready for a battle. You're one of 300 500 people and you know you have the enemy outnumbered. You you have a weakness in you, you know, you you know their numbers, you know, you know uh there's a weakness in the lines you can get through. You know that You have a fighting chance of winning this battle. Matter of fact, the odds are in your favor, you know? But you know that there's going to be casualties. And you know that not everyone's going to make it out alive. And I imagine the kind of stress and the kind of turmoil and the kind of just anxiety that flows over someone being in that situation, and then I'll apply that on a political spectrum, and you have what's going on with the League of Non Aligned Worlds. Yes, they have a fighting chance, but they know not everyone's going to make it out alive, and boy, are going to be costly for their own internal economy, the galactic economy, their own personal defense, you know, their own people, their morale. That's not getting into even wider concepts, but that's just on the micro scale of what's going to affect if they even just lose one person, one ship. This can have dire ramifications, and that's what is driven home throughout this episode is that, yes, we need to take the fight to the shadows, we need to have a major battle, we need to all work together for this thing... But it's going to come with these caveats, it's going to come with a loss, and we have to accept that, and we have to put aside our own personal agendas, our own personal biases, to work together for the greater good. And it's very difficult for people in real life to do that. (laughs) Now just imagine talking to delegates of various intergalactic races. You know, just think about that for a second. And, and uh, leading up to the uh, the big battle, I love the interactions between Marcus and Ivanova. I've talked about how I, I think, because it, it's been revealed in previous episodes, that Marcus has a bit of a crush on Ivanova. I love how they interact. Um, I've always thought that they interacted really cute together. Uh, and I love how Marcus... Uh, is in a constant state of attempting to impress Afonava, but not pushing it too far. So, like, he's there to speak on her behalf to the Mimbari crew that can't speak English, so he speaks M- Mimbari to them, but he then compliments her in Mimbari because he feels like it would be too embarrassing to say it to her in a language she would understand. Uh, and... I love it that when she asked what he said, you know, his response is to the effect, because I can't remember the exact line of, my words are inadequate to the meanings of my heart. Uh, and uh, I also love it that that it brings into question, you know, the Mimbari ranger, you know, the rangers' potato them themselves were trained by the Mimbari. You would think they would focus on espionage and infiltration and you know, weapons and, and fighting skills and they were taught a language as well and in the mimbardi society these are uh, all connected that language within of itself is a form of fighting. Uh, I could go into deeper into what that is saying on a social and political level um yeah and, and but I will just leave it at that that words have power words have always had power uh, and the power that they hold is 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 sort of determined by the person it is set to. You know, that old saying sticks and stones so, uh, don't break uh, may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is true and not true depending on circumstance and words said. Um, some words have substantially more power than others. Uh, so, it's just an interesting concept that the Minbari would uh, teach language along with combat because they view it as the same thing. Um, and of course we have the big battle, which is expertly done. Like We haven't had a major battle like this since um, Separate Dreams, and Severed Dreams was the first big major battle like this. Um, and it's only going to get more epic next season uh, without, without spoiling too much. And then... Uh I love the idea of the uh of the uh the 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 white star tactics center room uh that it's basically a hologram of the battle and they can sit in the middle and see everything that's going on and they can broadcast themselves to the other ships it's a really really cool sci-fi idea uh, and, and takes tactics to a whole new level, and at least it's at least it's better than the the, the classic steady over like a, a board with people you know shifting the figures. That's a classic way to the show like a war room, a tactic room. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I I would prefer more, you know, uh, sci-fi spin to things, and uh, that provides that. And I love that. There, there was a great idea near the end of the battle to cut out all audio except for the music. Uh, and, and Wally did win and it, it, it does it shows the effort everybody's putting in to bring this win about and the shadows do retreat. They do have their first real victory against the shadows. This is a massive deal because of the amount of people that died. There are a lot of losses they take. Uh, and, and once again, it brings back to that core idea of trust and the idea that this is not going to be easy. It never was going to be easy. Um, and then we get to the ending with Sheridan uh, and Delenn. So uh, uh mentions that there's a Mimbari tradition that the that they they spend three nights together the male sleeps the female watches uh, and the idea of this is all around the idea of tradition and mass. Once again, I keep talking about how Mbari society is regimented upon the caste system and tradition and ideas in regards to all of that. So the idea is that, yes, we have a caste system, and yes, we have all these traditions and regiments that force us into a role. But that's when we're awake. When we are ourselves, when we are in our own personal space, when we are sleeping even, we are a different person, we are more more true to ourselves than the role that we assume when interacting with others or going outside, outside of our own comfort area, our own personal space. And so the idea is that the female observes the male and sees if this person was not putting on an act for her and that she actually likes the person. Uh, It's a neat little concept. And I quite like it. Um, uh, It just adds to that. Sort of thing about the Minbare society that yes, they are regimented by their traditions and they have a hard time looking outside of the traditions that they withhold and they're considered sacred but they, within their marriage ceremonies understand that tradition changes how you act and therefore, if marriage is the combination of one person and another you must look at each other beyond those traditional values Uh, and of course, the ending with Anna Sheridan showing up, uh, that's a big fucking deal, I talked about it before, uh, in, like, uh, spoiler sections, about how the, uh, the, 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 Anna Sheridan slash Catherine Sakai thing slash Carolyn thing was supposed to go down in previous versions and have it it be rewritten. And yes, it's a different actress than the last time we saw Anna Sheridan. Uh, I will talk about that more next episode I think when we get to Zaha Doom in regards to because she has more screen time we find out some stuff that went on uh, during the Icarus situation and all that and I will touch upon it there um, uh, but yes, <laughs> uh, we finally get the revelation of what that flash-forward in War Without End is, and it's, oh, what a cliffhanger. I uh, I know that my jaw dropped when I first watched it. Everybody I've ever shown this series to, and I've watched it with them, they're always like, what? It's a, it's a great reveal. Um, it could have been more impactful if it had been done originally, the, the, the way it's originally planned, but I will get into that next episode, even though I have touched upon it in... Goodness no, it was like two years ago now, when I, I had a spoiler discussion about Catherine Sakai. Um, so, anyway, let's touch upon the Stephen section of this episode. This is the most interesting from a um, philosophical standpoint. Uh, everything else is exciting and interesting and has a lot of p- political and social commentary to it. Uh, it. But this is the more human element. Um, and I, I, it's one that I relate to a lot. Um, so, what Garibaldi says about how when people walk away, they either want one of two things. They either want to walk away and just leave everything behind, and they don't want you to follow. Or, alternatively, they want you to follow. That is true. It is always one of those two things, from my own personal experience, things I have done, things that have been done to me. And uh, that that really hits home, because Garibaldi has been in this situation. Garibaldi is an alcoholic, and we know about his past, his shady past before and after, and how he recovered. We know all about this, so the... The situation with Franklin, that he wants the help, but he's not sure if he's doing it the right way or the wrong way, and he doesn't want to push Franklin too far. Uh, I have been in that situation. Uh, It's not an easy road to travel. Um, And then Franklin, what I love most about this episode is that he is called out on his bullshit by himself, quite literally. So he gets stabbed, uh, pretty gruesomely too, um, and the chances of him surviving is next to none. And because he's bleeding out, uh... You know, we use that, JMS brilliantly uses that to make him hallucinate so that he sees himself, he meets himself, which is what this Walkabout was all about. Uh, not in a literal sense, but in this kind of sense, you know, of finding what he really was to himself. Uh, and he finds out he doesn't like himself. It was not for, you know, the the, the stem situation was merely... A way of running away. That's all he's ever done in his life is run away. You know, he ran away. Uh, he ran away from his job. His, you know, his father. What was expected of him by hitchhiking across the galaxy. He ran away from responsibility after responsibility, and he began to loathe his life. So he used his work to run away from his life, and he used the stems to run away from his work. It's a vicious cycle of constantly running away and not standing his ground and learning to accept the responsibility and accept who he is. It it all circles back to two of the main themes, the main questions of this series. Who are you and what do you want? These two questions, along with a handful of others, which I'll get into next season, are the core of what Babylon 5 is trying to say about humanity. And this is perfect. Of uh, Franklin is, is basically confronted with the fact that this walkabout was not a way for him to recover. It was another way for him to run away from his problems. You know, As I said, he, you know, he used work to run away from his life, and he used the stems to run away from his work, and now he's using the walkabout to run away from his stems. It's a constant vicious cycle. He has to step up and accept what he doesn't like about himself and realize who he is now and what does he want to do with his life. Because instead of asking himself what does he want, he just runs away. It's simple. It's easy. It's the easy road. It's the road of least least resistance. The road easily traveled. And that is his biggest flaw. And his answer to what you want is not, I want to live. It's not, I want to um, be better. It's, I want to do it all over again. Part of the human experience is looking at your flaws, accepting those flaws as part of yourself. And moving forward. Some flaws can be overcome. Some cannot. Some are a part of who you are. Integrally. And so you must accept that within of yourself. And move forward. Improving yourself slowly but surely. Never getting rid of the flaws. But dampening them to the point that they become a small fraction of who you are. And so... That is his thing. He's, he wants to do it all over again. And this is where his speech to Sheridan is so beautiful. It brought me the tears the first time I watched it. And it's something that at the time I, I, I understood what he was saying, but I didn't really relate to it the way I do now, many years later. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't want to get too personal. But I, I, will, I will explain that as I explain uh, what Franklin says to him. So he, Franklin's entire ordeal is that uh, that basically he uh, has been running away because he is constantly defined himself by what he wasn't, not what he was. He wasn't a good doctor, He wasn't uh, you know a good son wasn't a good romantic partner, he wasn't blah, he, you know, I, I think everybody can relate to that kind of thing. I know I especially did that a lot, and still do that a lot, and it would only become more prescient as years went on since I discovered the series uh, in my own personal journey. And he's he realizes he has to define himself by what he is. Uh, that all we have is the moment, we have the present right now. It's all we got, and we gotta keep moving forward. We gotta keep improving, but we gotta focus on the here and now. And that defining uh, defining oneself by what you are instead of what you are not allows you to improve yourself. And I, I love that line, where Sheridan says, "Then oh, uh, you know who are you?" And he, you know, what are you? And he goes. I'm alive. Everything else is negotiable. And I don't want to get too personal, but let's just say that I have been diagnosed with clinical depression, uh, MDD, uh, major uh, major depressive disorder. And I went through an ordeal um, good two, almost three years ago now, uh, and I began to go down a very dark path and i defined myself by what i wasn't i still do that occasionally and it's a habit that i have constantly fought um even before i was diagnosed i had those mental tendencies and i learned how to define myself by what i am currently because that is the only way to move forward Another uh, another series that I may cover at some point, it's a comic book series. It's called The Question, written by the late great Denny O'Neill and the uh, uh the amazing artist Dennis Cowan. There is a constant theme about past, present, and future, and what that means to the human, uh, human evolution, not in terms of scientific evolution, but in personality evolution, and uh. Vic, the main character of Vic Sage, says uh, that the past is dead. You have to bury it and move on. The future is uncertain. It is made by our choices and our actions each and every second of every day. No one knows what it's going to hold, and we shouldn't care. What we should care about is the right here, right now, because the, because the future of... Our future (laughs) is defined by what we do in the present. And our present is defined by what happened in our past. So if we focus on the present now, we have an ongoing effect on everything else. This is what we have. We have to own it. We have to live in the moment. No matter what, that's what we have to live in. Because it's the only way to move forward in your life and not be consumed By regret. Or by fear. And. Franklin's story. uh, In this. Is all about that. You know. Learning to accept who you are. Right now. And. Discovering. What you really want. Right now. Not letting the moments slip you by. Living. Living your life in the here and now and accepting for all your flaws you're still trying to be a good person you're still improving it's part of the human experience it's a very very personal down to earth story helps ground the overarching narrative of the big conflict with the Shadows, which will get more philosophical as time goes on. I've already touched on some of the philosophy in regards to the Shadow and the Vorlon conflict. But it's important to have this human element here to really ground that situation. Uh, and it's the... Part of the episode I attached most to, maybe because of my own personal experiences. Like I said, I'm not going to get too much detail, but there was some stuff that happened about two, three years ago that this section really hit home with me, even though I had already watched this series. Um, you know, I'd watched it a few years before, and I really loved it. And I the speech brought tears to my eyes, but it didn't resonate with me in the same level as subsequent viewings years later having gone through some of the stuff I had gone through that Franklin's words while touching did not touch me in the same way and then all of a sudden it hit me and I got it so without further ado I'll end that here Uh, thank you for listening I'll see you next time for the end of season 3 when we go to Zaha Doom bye